0: Okay, if you have a Bible, you can open to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5. We will look at verse 5 this morning, and uh, the text is also printed in the bulletin. Uh, All the Beatitudes there at the beginning of Christ's Sermon on the Mount are printed, but we're just going to look at verse 5 this morning. Blessed are the meek. Uh, It used to be that to call someone meek was to insult them. (laughs) Um, In fact, uh, maybe it's still an insult in a lot of places uh, with a lot of people meekness uh, still isn't a very popular character trait um, and actually uh, many people probably don't even think of it as a character trait they probably think of it seems more like a weakness right like a lack of character like a lack of strong character uh, the meek they won't get ahead in life the meek won't get ahead in this world uh, because you know they don't stand up for themselves The meek won't get ahead in this world because they don't defend themselves when they're attacked. They don't promote themselves to try to get ahead. They don't insist on getting their fair share in life, right? They have no backbone. The meek are pushovers. Uh, The meek will get knocked down in the stampede of the strong and assertive on their way to dominance. Why would anybody want to be meek? Why would anybody want to be meek? Jesus shows us that meekness is not the same as weakness. And uh, the wonderful surprise of the gospel is that there's going to be this stunning reversal of fortunes for the meek, uh, where we might think that the meek cannot possibly get ahead in this world. Jesus promises that the meek will actually inherit the world. So let's talk about that. Uh, Let me pray, then we'll read the scripture. Father, we're stuck in the dark apart from the light of your word, and so we thank you for speaking your word into this world. We thank you that we get to hear it together now, we ask that you would please work in us all now by your spirit. Renew us in the image of your son as we hear his voice in the scriptures. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Praise be to you, O Christ. So, uh, how does one go about taking over the world? If, uh, if, if you were going to try to do that, if you're going to try to take over the world... How would you do it? People have tried. Lots of people have tried to take over the world. It seems like most have tried to take it by main force. Think of names. Uh, Alexander the Great, um, Julius Caesar, Genghis Khan, Napoleon, uh, Hitler, right? People have tried to take over the world, and, you know, the way they go about it is the bigger your empire, the bigger your armies, the more weapons, the more threatening your power, the easier it is to intimidate and assimilate Other people, the stronger you are, the easier it is to bully others and push them around to take what you want. Uh, Nowadays, it seems, uh, you know, people are trying to take over the world, uh, but maybe through trade, actually, Um, trying to get more influence and control in the world by means of doing business on a large scale through global corporations. Right. So so billionaires, billionaires have a pretty good chance of taking over the world, don't they? Uh, I mean, there's plenty of good sci-fi that imagines a future where the galaxy is controlled not by governments, but by these mega corporations. right? Um, they function in the same heavy-handed ways that we're all used to. And who, who makes the best billionaires? Who makes the best generals? Who makes the best presidents? Who makes the best emperors? Probably not the meek. Probably not the meek. Uh, if you have hopes of taking over the world you at least need to be assertive, right? If you want to get to the top, well, a prerequisite for that is you're trying to get to the top. It's, you know, selfish ambition. It's assumed. That's a no-brainer, right? Uh, The people at the top, or those who are on their way to the top, are usually more than merely assertive. They're often a bit confrontational. They're often domineering. They're often ruthless, They're often even oppressive and abusive. Whoever's at the top has gotten really good at using human resources. Human resources. Viewing other people as means to an end. To your government schemes, your business schemes. Right? As tools to be used efficiently or as obstacles to the expansion of their power. So maybe you're not planning on uh, being a billionaire or a president or taking over the world in any uh, recognizable way. But we all want our fair share, right? We all want our portion. And in order to get it, you can't let others push you around. You've got to stand tall. You've got to assert yourself. You've got to take what you want. There it is for the taking. No one's just going to give you a kingdom, are they? Uh, you've got to set up your own little kingdom. So whether you're talking about, you know, large-scale kingdom or small, personal-scale right, kingdom, that's pretty standard for the kingdoms of this world. But the, the kingdom of heaven is nothing like this. By the order of the king himself, Jesus, who was never like this at all, he didn't look to intimidate. He didn't look to uh, abuse other people to get his way. He didn't get self-defensive. And he wasn't self-promoting. He was on a path actually to ruling the world at God's own right hand. But it didn't involve bullying or taking what he wanted by force of will. He trusted his father. He submitted to his father. He waited for his father's timing. He waited for his father's gift, his inheritance. He knew the inheritance was coming because of his relationship with the father. And because he's always been so like his father, he never would have reached out to take anything by force. Jesus is meek. Jesus is meek. Remember these beatitudes describing the blessed life in the kingdom of heaven, first and foremost, and centrally and essentially, describe Jesus. He's meek. He wasn't just meek in a manipulative way either. I think a lot of us uh, can confuse Real meekness with this um, this false one, where you sort of like a, a bootlicker who uh, gets your way by keeping more powerful people happy. Right? He wasn't meek like that. Jesus was unselfish in his meekness. He says this about himself in uh, Matthew eleven. Many of you are reading that book by Dane Ortland, uh, gentle and lowly. Uh, it's about this very thing. So Jesus says, "Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden." And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. And that word is uh, the same word in our passage is meek. I am meek and lowly in heart. And you'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So Jesus is no harsh taskmaster. He's no cutthroat politician crushing and conquering uh, in his bid for world domination. He's gentle. He's meek. He's welcoming. He's accessible. He's approachable. He invites all kinds of people to approach him. He's considerate and he's sympathetic and he's compassionate. He's interested in relationships with others, not in using others as means to his own ends. He's interested actually in relationships. He's benevolent. He sees encounters with other people as opportunities to bless them, as opportunities to give to them, to give himself rather than seeing people as resources to be exploited. He's not easily provoked. You want to get in a confrontation with Jesus? He's not easily provoked. He's not afraid of conflict. But even in conflict, he looks to love and not just to win, not just to defeat and destroy. So he doesn't lose his temper when he's antagonized. He doesn't lash out in anger when he's antagonized. Isaiah 42, a famous passage, says that a bruised reed he will not break and a faintly burning wick he'll not quench. right, so Jesus is gentle. He's truly humble and submissive before God, which affects his demeanor and his interactions with other people. Jesus is meek, which means he was not going to get ahead in the game of life in this world. Uh, unlike the billionaires and the generals and the presidents and the emperors of this world, he didn't push others around, he didn't stand up for himself, he didn't insist on his rights when the wheels of power were grinding, looking to crush him. And in his meekness, he went to the cross. His meekness is not weakness. We know that Jesus is not spineless. He has a real strength of character, a real determinus. Uh, He demonstrated and said clearly that no one could force him to go to the cross. That he went willingly, according to his father's will, ultimately. His meekness was true strength. It wasn't weakness. It was true strength because he gently loved the world, even though it meant facing his own death at the world's hands. To so people who are trying to get ahead in the world, it looks like a failure. It looks like a failure of nerve, a failure of planning, uh, of strength, right? A failure of character, maybe. Like Jesus is just laid down like a floor mat to be trampled upon. But he didn't take matters into his own hands for his own sake. He had strength of trust in his father that freed him to be meek. He submitted to God and he deferred to the earthly authorities. And he did it without complaint. He did it without bitterness. He did it without venom. Even though he suffered the greatest of injustices, he was the meekest person who ever lived, and he died for it. And that's, uh, that just about makes sense to us that he would die for it. In a survival of the fittest kind of world, in a dog-eat-dog kind of world like this one, it doesn't surprise us that not only do the meek not rise to the top, they get rolled over and ground up. And this was a big letdown to everybody who knew Jesus, not just his sort of big crowd fan base and followers, but even his closest friends. It was a big letdown to see Jesus so meek. The people of Israel expected to take over the world, they wanted political dominance. They wanted something like Christ Global Incorporated. They wanted Christendom. The people of Israel wanted Christendom. They thought Christ would dominate like a general turned emperor. But surprise, instead he was meek, gentle, associated with the lowly. And when he entered Jerusalem, when everybody was saying, here comes the king, finally this thing's going to start, and we're going to start taking over the world and pushing back the Roman Empire, when he comes into the city in the last week of his life, it's recorded in Matthew 21. Uh, this reference to the Old Testament prophecy it says, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you. Humble, meek. That's that word again. Meek and mounted on a donkey. So, surprise, Jesus is meek. And surprise, this meekness was so perfectly aligned with who God is that the Father raised Jesus from the dead, He crowned him with glory and honor. He exalted him to the throne, and he gave him all authority in heaven and on earth. In the most stunning reversal of fortunes, Jesus, the blessed meek one, has inherited the earth. So when we're meek with his own meekness, right? So in Christ, by faith, through our relationship with him and our spiritual union with him, we're blessed. That means we're we're happy with his own happiness, Happy with Christ's own happiness are those who are meek with Christ's own meekness. The meek in Christ, they might not be very happy in in a lot of earthly senses, right? Uh, Not happy with how others treat them uh, in this world. I mean, the meek, they're easily passed over for promotions because they're not reaching out and taking what belongs to them. What's theirs by right? They're easily passed over. The meek uh, won't get what they could have forcibly taken for themselves in this world. The meek can receive all kinds of abuse, and all kinds of injustices done to them in this world. But the Lord of heaven and earth shares his inheritance with the meek. The meek in Christ don't fight their way to the top. But they receive a gift of an inheritance of the world through their relationship with Jesus. Just as the blessed meek one was raised to everlasting glory and life, those who Our meek in Christ will be raised and they'll come into possession of God himself and all his gifts in the new heavens and the new earth. So uh, maybe that just seems like a strange thing even to want. Inherit the earth. Why do we want to inherit the earth? Why is this even a goal for us that the Bible promotes as a, a good thing when it seems like such a wicked thing when people try to take over the world? You know, the biblical vision for God's people inheriting the earth means establishing peace under God's heavenly rule. Peace in the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. So in this beatitude, uh, Jesus is quoting from Psalm 37, which Marcus read in our Old Testament reading. It uh, says that the meek shall inherit the land. That can also be translated earth. Land and earth is basically the same Hebrew word. Uh, the meek shall inherit the, the, the earth and delight themselves in abundant Peace. Peace. Abundant peace, right? Shalom, that very weighty word that doesn't just mean sort of a ceasing of conflict, right? It's this security and it's this fruitfulness and justice and righteousness and relational harmony that comes from being under God's heavenly rule. Abundant peace. This is something that the proud and the powerful in this world don't even want. Not really, right? They want unchallenged personal peace of some sort. Comfort. Security for themselves. They don't care about God's heavenly rule. Or about establishing God's idea of justice or relational harmony. Or really, they don't care about the good of others. The Billionaires and generals and presidents and emperors, they don't really care about other people beyond seeing them as resources. That's true. But the blessed meek one, Jesus, and those who are meek in him and like him, The good of others is exactly what they want. The good of others is exactly what the meek want. The meek want God's peace. They want the peace of the kingdom of heaven on earth. The meek, who are selfless and welcoming and approachable and gentle, even when it comes to engaging in conflict and difficult relationships, are interested in God's peace being established in the kingdom of heaven on earth. The king of heaven is meek. God himself is blessed in his meekness. So maybe I can't convince you that meekness is a good way to inherit the earth. Maybe that doesn't make any sense to you, except to say that this is just how God is. God in the flesh is meek. That means God is meek. And that's why the meek in Christ will be blessed, happy with God's own happiness. Because they participate in the life of the king of heaven as they become like him. Isaiah 28 says that the meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord, and the poor among mankind shall exult in the Holy One of Israel, for the ruthless shall come to nothing. So our meekness is an opportunity to relate to the blessed meek one. Our meekness is a fruit of the Spirit of Christ. It's his life alive in us. It's usually referred to as gentleness, that fruit of the Spirit, right? The fruit of the Spirit, our love, joy, peace, patience, etc. Gentleness is what we say, but it's that word meekness, again, same word. It's a fruit of the Spirit. The Scriptures frequently talk about how we can live in relationships with the meekness of Christ in us. It shows up a lot in the New Testament. In Ephesians 4, Paul says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. With all humility and gentleness or meekness. and With patience, bearing with one another in love. Right? So it's not just a nice way to be with people who are also nice to us. We'd be that nice to them if they'd be nice to us. You know? uh, but Peter says, even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you'll be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, he says, but in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness, meekness, and respect. Even when you're suffering, and people are antagonizing you for being a Christian. When we engage in spiritual discipline in the church, because uh, fellow believers in the church, may, maybe they're acting like unbelievers at this moment in life. We're called to engage in that. It's a conflict that we're called to engage in. It's a conflict. We're called to engage in it for love's sake, for the good of the sinning brother or sister, in order to restore the peace, to bring shalom back to our community. So uh, Galatians 6, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness, meekness. Same word. So like Jesus, the meek, care about people. The meek are interested in relationships. Even when those relationships are difficult, even when there's conflict. Like Jesus, the meek look to the interests of others, not just to their own interests. Even if it means their interests are neglected and they suffer for it. And like Jesus, the meek will inherit the earth. We're not going to take it over, but we'll receive it as a gift. In our relationship with God the Father, as co-heirs with Jesus, our brother, who didn't take it by force either. And so we'll enjoy true and abundant peace in the kingdom of heaven. That's the Lord's promise. And it frees us to be meek with great confidence. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Amen. Let's pray. Father, sometimes your kingdom uh, makes very little sense to us. Thank you for Jesus, who not only teaches about your kingdom, but who embodies it and demonstrates what it is like in his own life. We've seen the kingdom in the life of Jesus. Jesus, we love your meekness. We thank you for engaging us with a gentle and approachable heart. We thank you for being interested in our good, even though it's meant great sacrifice and suffering for you. We long for the day when your kingdom becomes visible in this world, when all your people will enjoy your abundant peace together. We pray that you would help us to obtain fresh joy in you even now so that we can walk in a way that aligns with the reality of the inheritance that we will receive by your grace. Help us to follow you and to be meek through faith in you. We pray in your name. Amen.